Hey everybody, my name is Anita Kirkbride of Torp Communications and this is Halablab, the show for small businesses in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Join me as I talk to businesses you may be following and some you might not have heard of yet. Hear stories from local business owners like you, how they started, where they're going, and of course, since I'm a social media consultant, how they're using social media. Take a moment to subscribe right now so you don't miss an episode, whether you're listening on Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. Hey, Halifax, welcome back to the Halablab on what is going to be my last broadcast of 2018. I can't believe that we're at the end of the year already. I'm your host, Anita Kirkbride, and today my guest is Joanne Bernard from Easter Seals, Nova Scotia. And we're going to get to Joanne in just a minute. If you're watching us today live on Facebook, please do interact. We love to see questions and interaction from everybody. Um, let us know what you think about the programs at Easter Seals, or if you have any questions about them, we'll try and fit them in live. If you're catching this on the podcast, I'd love to have you come join me starting in January again here on Facebook Live. We record every Friday afternoon at 1.30 p.m. Atlantic. Okay, so my guest today is Joanne Bernard, and I've known Joanne for a number of years. We used to work together way back when I was still a fundraiser at the Arthritis Society, but Joanne's career has changed a little bit since then. So just let me pull up her bio here so I can tell you all about her. Joanne has been building communities for over 15 years in Nova Scotia. In 2002, she established the Marguerite Center, the only residential facility for women recovering from addictions and abuse in Nova Scotia. In 2005, she was tasked to lead Alice Housing, which offers second stage housing for women and children leaving abusive relationships. In 2008, there seems to be a three-year thing happening here. I know. <laughs> in 2008, she developed Healing the Bruises, the only interventionist therapy program in Atlantic Canada for child witnesses of domestic violence. Joanne's strong leadership and commitment to Alice Housing led to numerous national awards for program delivery, most notably multiple wins for the much-coveted Donner Award. Joanne was also awarded the Peter F. Drucker Award for Nonprofit Management in 2011. And many people may know her as she was elected to the House, Nova Scotia House of Assembly in 2013 and was appointed as Minister of Community Services for Nova Scotia. There's all kinds of other stuff here I could say. Lots and <laughs> lots of other things in this very long bio. Um, but I met Joanne even before this bio started when we were working in fundraising at the Arthritis Society before the Marguerite Center happened. Uh, so mm -hmm. welcome to my good old friend, Joanne. <laughs> well, thank you, Anita. It's my pleasure to be here. So I, um, over the summer, started thinking about where I wanted to put some of my volunteer efforts and um, as things happen, when you tell the universe what you're looking for, it generally appears for you. So I'd been thinking to myself, it's time that I start thinking about volunteering again. And lo and behold, one day Joanne posts that Easter Seals Nova Scotia is looking for board members. So I'm happy to say that I joined the board of Easter Seals in, I guess, in September, officially. Yes. And I've been yes. to two whole board meetings. So this, this conversation today um, is also a way for me to learn more about Easter Seals and ask some questions that I probably should have asked before I joined. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, Halab Lab, usually I talk to business people who are trying to get the word out about new businesses. For December, I wanted to be charitable and talk to some charities that might not have the profile that they would like to have. And obviously, being a board member, I wanted to talk to somebody from Easter Seals. So that's the long way around how, how we got to here. So Joanne, first of all, how long have you been with Easter Seals now? I have been uh, the CEO and president of Easter Seals since July of 2017. So almost a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so tell us what Easter Seals is, because I think a lot of people still don't even really know what it is, even though it's been around for a long time. Well, and we talk a lot about brand, um, both provincially and nationally. Generally, people understand that Easter Seals does something good. Mm -hmm. They just don't know what exactly we do. So in Nova Scotia, um, we're actually quite unique in the delivery of services we have uh, because we have four main program areas, two of which are unique to this organization, which means that no other organization delivers them in the province of Nova Scotia. So first we have Camp Tignish, which is a camp that we uh, operate just outside of Amherst in partnership with the Rotary Club of, of Amherst. We've been running that for about 70 years. Each year, um, about 270 people from ages 6 to 86 with all kinds of different abilities come and enjoy a week of camp and relaxation and activities in Nova Scotia's only fully accessible barrier-free camp. Um, we have a fully accessible dock. We have nurse on staff 24-7, um, very uh, pointed and um, uh, directive uh, activities, lots of fun, lots of relationships that uh, have been built there over the years. So that, that runs uh, from uh, the end of May to about the middle of August this year, and we've been sold out of our camps for the last three years. Um, and uh, we subsidize, uh, generally it costs about $1,200 per camper with the, the nursing uh, um, component built in. Uh, but our cost is, is uh, $575, so we actually augment and supplement um, other folks to go. And, and that is a, a huge fundraising job for us each and wow. every year to make sure that nobody uh, doesn't go to camp because of money. Uh, so that's one program. The second program that we offer is the uh, mobility um, uh, assistive devices, and we run the wheelchair program for the Department of Community Services, my old stomping grounds. So any client of community services who's in need of a wheelchair works with their occupational therapist and our manager of that program, and we assist in buying the um, wheelchair from the vendor and making sure that the fit is there, everything that is needed for the client so that they can be fully inclusive uh, in all aspects of their life. Um, part and parcel with that program is something called assistive devices, where people donate to us wheelchairs or other mobility aids, where we clean them and tinker them and fix them up and then provide them to other folks um, in throughout the province um, for no cost. And that uh, is completely driven by Easter Seals, completely fundraised by the organization. 
and, and that's third, just the two, those are just two programs that are unique to Nova Scotia, as if that wasn't those, enough to do, there's yeah, more. That, 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 is, that is, so those first two programs, nobody else does that. Nobody, no other organization in the province runs those two programs. Um, the third program we, want, we run is Take Part. And Take Part is more of a recreational look at being inclusive in sport. So we have a Learn Debacha, which we have partnered with Northwood every Wednesday afternoon. At Northwood, we have 25 to 30 community members come in and they learn the, the, the sport of bacha uh, for all different abilities, uh, all different mobilities. Um, and then every Saturday morning at the BMO Center in Hammond Plains, we run a Learn to Sledge for kids um, ages about 6 to 16. Um, and some kids have mobility issues. Some kids bring their siblings who don't have their mobility issues. But when you're on the ice in a sledge, it's an even playing field. Mm -hmm. And so these kids learn the great game of hockey on, uh, on levels in which they can uh, have fun and it can be recreational. And then, of course, um, probably one of the biggest gemstones of the, of the programs we have is New Leaf Social Enterprises, which... Uh, within itself runs um, the uh, rehab um, uh, canteen, not canteen, cafe uh, down at the Nova Scotia Rehab. We've been doing that for years. We run the O'Regan's uh, Cafe. We have uh, approximately 42 to 45 clients that either work in the center here at Easter Sales or in supportive employment outside in the community. So we partner with the private sector, we partner with government, and we place through supportive programs uh, and coaches into various roles within those entities. Great success. We have a youth program called The Next Step. Uh, because we knew very, especially with my experiences in community services, we were seeing uh, kids coming out of high school that were 18 to 21 that were graduating to the coach. And, the, and nobody wants to see that. Um, so we started uh, the next step, um, which uh, helps young people uh, transition into the community into a paid position. So we have people working at uh, Palookas. We have people working at Kenny's Pizza. We have people working making golf bags. Um, we have many different government departments, um, Atlantic Digital, no, uh, Canada Game Center, all kinds of partnerships that we have in the community. Um, and we also do social enterprise here of, of crafts and candles and woodworking projects. Um, and uh, next month, we are opening our cafe, which is very, very exciting to us. It'll be open here at 22 Fielding Avenue, open to the public. Uh, and that is a new venture for us having an in-house cafe. So we're excited to invite Burnside Park into that new endeavor for us. Um, and it is everything here is fully accessible, barrier free. So we invite anyone in to, to uh, um, have the beautiful homemade uh, uh, chilies and soups and sandwiches and baked goods. Um, we just finished two days ago our baking program where we make about 30,000 cookies oh in six God. weeks. I know. And we sell them, you know, and people pre-order and they pick them up here. And that's a lot of cookies. That's a, so, lot of cookies. Uh, that's a lot of cookies, but we have a great big commercial kitchen now, thanks to the move. And uh, um, those are the programs that Easter Seals has. It's a huge, huge, uh, wider range of, of programs that affect 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families from Yarmouth to Sydney every every day in Nova Scotia. I see I maybe it's partly because I'm a comfortable way. I don't know what it is, but I really never knew what Easter Seals was. Even when I was in the fundraising world and I networked with people from Easter Seals at the time, I really didn't understand what it was. And so something that a lot of people listening may not know is that one of my daughters is could be an Easter Seals client in the future. And it's very hard for me to talk about. <laughs> but um, it's great that we have these programs to, to come to. She actually took part in an Easter Seals program a couple of summers ago, probably, gosh, three, maybe even four summers ago now, where she learned to ride a bike. And that was a program yes. through Easter Seals yeah. that... Yeah. Uh, looked to me to be really popular and you know you we take for granted that kids can learn to ride a bike but kids with learning differences can't always do that well she can ride a bike now and that was huge for us all oh, right I'm nice not supposed to, to cry on this show <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible and I might add Ooh. we had tremendous uh, success with that but it is cost prohibitive for us it is very expensive to run the I can ride a bike yeah. uh, program because it's from the states i'd love to offer it again but it uh it, we couldn't fit it into the budget but one of my goals is to bring it back and especially where you you know you have firsthand knowledge yeah. of what it meant to your daughter um you know it just it need it's something that needs to come back for for our take part program uh, but it is extraordinarily expensive to run so the take part things, how did you come to decide on bocha and sledge? I mean, sledge is, mm -hmm. is kind of popular in a futuristic way. It's becoming more yeah. popular. But bocha, where did that come from? <laughs> well, bocha, I believe, is an Olympic sport, if I'm not mistaken. But bocha, um, I, I don't know. It, there's international bocha association that we were part of. There's certainly uh, competitive bocha um, players in Nova Scotia that have competed internationally. Uh, it's, it's very easy because it has a ramp, um, which can be augmented to help with mobility. So you can either throw the ball on your own, which many people do, or if you have uh, very extraordinarily restrictive challenges in mobility, you can actually use a ramp um, and just place the ball and maneuver it so that it hits where you want it to hit. So regardless of what mobility level you're at, bocha is your game. Um, with sledge, uh, many of the kids do with the sticks and they do their own. Some of them are pushed around. Um, but, you know, when you, when you go to a sledge hockey game on a Saturday morning with a hockey dad who, you know, maybe 10 years ago when his son or his daughter was born and never, ever thought after a diagnosis that he would be in a Canadian tire store buying hockey tape for that kid. Um, I, I never know how to respond to that. It is so huge. You know, I had one, one dad tell me that he stood there bawling in the Canadian tire aisle because never in his wildest dreams did he ever, ever think that he would be able uh, to see his son play and compete with his brothers on the ice. And I mean, that is the world. Something we take for granted every day is taking our kid to a hockey rink and parents who have children with differing abilities 
This is huge for them. We're really trying to grow the game of sledge in Nova Scotia. Uh, we work with Halifax Rec. We work with Parasport uh, uh, Nova Scotia uh, in minor hockey leagues. We really want to bring it to other communities throughout Nova Scotia. Um, you know, that's going to be part of our strategic direction as, as a, as a um, organization. But I, I mean, I'll just tell you a phone call we got today, just today, from a principal of a school who called and said, you know what, we're taking all of our kids skating at the BMO Center, um, and we've got four kids that we want to bring, um, and we don't know what to do. Can we borrow your sledge? Mm. And we thought, wow, we've never been asked this. And good on that principle for saying, you know what, we want to include these four kids because they deserve to be included. They should yeah. be included. So, you know, Sam, who runs that program said, absolutely, we'll provide the sledge. I'll come out and make sure they're all fitted for you. Um, and absolutely, we're on board for that. Like, that's something we want to move in the direction of. That is really partnering and making sure kids that are in school know that there's an option that when their classmates go skating, they can too. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that's Just huge. Included yeah. in something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because there's four families now that know that their kids don't have to sit on the sidelines or sit back in the classroom. Yeah, you know, and that's huge for those four kids. It absolutely is. And I guess, you know, Camp Tidnish, to change a topic slightly, is kind of the mm -hmm. same thing. A lot of these it kids, is. and I know it's adults too, don't get to go to camp because they can't go to camp on their own. No. And here they, they have proper supervision. And oftentimes with the kids, it's more the parents who are more, um, oh my God, I've never been away from my child for one yeah. night. And you're entrusting them with strangers, right? With young people. And generally our counselors are, are college students who are in the health field in some way in a study. Um, and so you're leaving your precious child who you've protected yeah. forever um, with these strangers. And I tell you, the kids, the, the notes we get from parents about kids who are talking about all the way home, the friends they've made, the activities they've done, the fact that they could go boating, they could go for horse rides. We have an in-ground heated pool that is fully accessible. Um, the, you, you know, gazebos, all the cabins, everything, um, you know, help with personal care, all of it help with feeding, with tubes, with uh, inoculations, anything that has to be done medically can be done at this camp and in, in, for, for a, in the life of a child or an adult that mm -hmm. uh, um, needs, you know, medical intervention during the week. Um, so it really is an extraordinary, whenever I go up there, it's right on the Tignish River. It is absolutely stunning, stunning mm -hmm. place. Um, and people just, you know, I, I met one man a year and a half ago on the 80th anniversary who has been going there. He's um, in his 70s or 80s, and he's been going there for 65 years. Every wow. year he's gone, you know, so that camp is part of his history, you know, and uh, the, the kids that, that go there, they absolutely love it. The youth people that go there absolutely love it. Um, the adults, it, it just, and we, and we segment so that, um, we, we know what, what uh, cohort we're dealing with that week. So if it's persons with disabilities, physical disabilities, or if it's person with cognitive delays, 
we know what we have to deal with that week uh, so that we can ensure fun and safety. And those are the two main things that we really strive for. And I'm looking forward to having my daughter go this year because by the time we convinced her that she could go to camp last year and by the time I actually put in an application, it was sold out. I couldn't believe it, which is great for you guys. Great for Easter Seals, um, but disappointing for us. So applications for camp start in January. January. So if anybody listening is thinking that this sounds like a good camp for somebody they know, they need to apply in January. (laughs) They do. They do. Apply and figure it all out later. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, You know, and, and, um, it's a great week of respite for families, yes. but more importantly, it's a week's vacation for people away from, uh, you know, whether if they're in uh, residential facilities or if they're in adult service centers or if they're working in the community, it's a vacation week. Mm-hmm. Um, and people come from one end of this province to the other um, to, to come here and, and enjoy this week at Camp Dignish. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of activities, I think you've probably already talked about all the activities, but what is, are there different activities at Camp Tidnish than they, that they wouldn't there get? Are, ever? Well, I mean, to have an accessible dock, it was provided, um, I think two years ago through federal grant. Uh, so it's a fully accessible, uh, dock with a, with a pontoon where numerous folks, whether they're in a chair or if they're not, can access this this boat uh, and and go for rides around you know the Tignish River area. Uh, we have an in-ground pool which has all of the lifts and and the, the you could take a chair into this and 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 swim. We have um, in-ground uh, trampoline. Our goal is to make a more um, bring in more equipment that's uh, for a playground use, um, but of course that costs money. So that's that's a direction that we're looking at. Um, all the eating areas, everything um, is, uh, we, we do crafts, we do, uh, there's singing every night, there's campfires, there's hay rides in horses, and that's all accessible. So um, everything that you would do as a kid in the camp when you went, your kid gets to do it at this camp mm-hmm. and uh, does it with ease and safety. So my daughter, she's going to want to, ha- she's going to have one question. Are there yeah. s'mores at the campfire? Yes, of course, there's s'mores. At the <laughs> because absolutely. my daughter is absolutely motivated by food. And if I tell her they're going to have s'mores, she's all in. Yeah, <laughs> we have a great uh, we have a, a, a great camp director, uh, Donna um, McPherson, who actually lives at the camp all summer. She works here at the center all winter but in the summer she lives at the camp we have assistant camp directors and then we have the food service manager we have our wonderful nurse alice uh, who stays on site doesn't leave they're there 24 7 the whole time that the campers are there um so anything that's needed uh is absolutely there and uh we're, we're we always look forward to the summer season when the camp is open yeah we're we're looking forward to having our first camp experience this summer yeah as yeah. long as I can get in on that list before it sells out this Yes, January it opens. It's on my list. Okay, so uh, I don't want to keep you for too much longer, but I do want to give you a chance to tell people what are the big fundraising initiatives that the community can participate in to help these programs? Sure. 
Um, our, probably our largest one is the drop zone, which happens every September. And that is when people uh, fundraise money up to, I think it's $1,500 or $1,600 per person. Or if you're a group of two, it's uh, $1,200 per person. And they repel off of 1801 Hollis Street. And when I was minister in 2014, I actually did it. And I fundraised and, uh, you know, I was drawn to this organization then. And uh, I, it was a bucket list thing. I, had, I was on, I was just in my last day of my 50th year. And I thought, you know what, this is bucket list. I don't know why it's bucket list, but there aren't many fundraisers that afford you that opportunity to mark something off your bu bucket list. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them. And it was a tremendous experience. The fundraising was not difficult. Um, the rappel had came with lots of training. The most dangerous part of my day would have been driving to the site <laughs> downtown because um, Tactin, which is uh, a, a great company that has worldwide um, presence everywhere for, for uh, welding, uh, high welding, high um, hep, def, hep, uh, welding. Um, they are the trainers. You get lots of training. Um, so when you step over that edge and you're down in anywhere from, oh, stop, one minute to six minutes or 12 minutes or however long it's going to take you. There are people, I mean, Scott Jones have done it. We've had people who are completely um, blind do it. We've had people who are in wheelchairs do it. We've had people, one of our board members, Michelle Mahoney, who doesn't have use of, of her arms, does it. I mean, so uh, there's no excuse, Anita. And I forgot to tell you that that is actually a requisite of all new board members. Um, so that was, that was in yeah. a really, really, really strong print. <laughs> really small print. But no, it really is a great day. It's not for everyone, but it, it, uh, uh, we love to see more people on board. It, and it's an event that actually, I think it's the 15th year this year. And it actually started in Halifax. It's all across Canada um, in Easter Seals in, in our in our sister organizations but um it started here in halifax and uh um you know it's it's a lot of fun it's a great great day uh one of the other fundraisers that we have of course is is march is is easter seals month so we do the bunny land at mcmac mall mm -hmm. and we also do the paper egg campaign through lawton's and those are two tremendous corporate partnerships that we have um, it's not happening this year, but next year it will happen again is the California Wine Fair, uh, which is a tremendous uh, um, fundraiser for us where we partner with the California Wine Society and we bring California wines here uh, and that sells out every year. Um, we actually have an interesting um, uh, fundraiser coming up the end of January. We're having a Tarbish tournament right here in our center. Um, and apparently Tarbish is huge in Cape Breton. Who knew? And uh, that's going to be happening the end of of, uh, of uh, January, and we hope to make that a couple of times a year. So, so for the people, um, for those of us who aren't capers, what is Tarbage? Yes, it's a card game. It's a card game. Uh, we, we hope to set up a bar. We're of course going to have our our wonderfully scrumptious food from New Leaf, um, and uh, apparently this is like this is the cat's meow. Um, so we're looking forward to that being a lot of fun. We know it doesn't happen anywhere else in terms of because nobody knows what it is. But if you're from Cape Breton, you know what Tarbish is. 
Um, and I'm only one fourth Cape Breton, so I only know about 25% of what Tarbish is. Uh, but uh, the rest of the rest of Capers certainly know what it is, and there's been lots of buzz around it. Um, so those are our uh, major fundraisers. Of course, we have uh, uh, gift giving, major gifts, and we always look for partnerships with organizations. And we also uh, look for um, uh, we have uh, direct mail appeals both in the spring and and in the fall. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we took a leap of faith this year and we moved from Kemp Road, uh, which was 8,000 square feet and absolutely was, in my opinion, not safe, certainly not functional uh, or not effective in growing the programs here. And we were able to secure funding through ACOA, uh, the province of Nova Scotia and, and a private uh, donor to move over to 22 Fielding into our own center. So we've increased our footprint by 50%, which is incredible, um, but that comes with a cost. So our fundraising goals for next year are going to be lofty to help us uh, not only maintain what we have, but to grow other things. You know, I mentioned the bike program. I, I mentioned increasing sledge. Um, you know, we have to fundraise hundreds of thousands of dollars just to maintain what we have. We're always looking to grow because the need is there. Um, we get asked all the time. So it's really important. So Kim is commenting on Facebook that Tarbish doesn't look, that's yeah. not how I would say it if I saw it, but Tarbish was every Tuesday at the local community center where she lives in Cape Breton. So there you Kim, go. Kim, Kim can put in a team for us. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it will be teams apparently, and it's not going to be like overly expensive or anything like that. We're just looking to have some fun. And we've got the center here in a great program room. Two weekends ago, we held a market that had 10 different social enterprises and persons with entrepreneurs with disabilities um, because we were sick and tired of, of trying to get into the mainstream market fair. And we thought, you know what, we're going to make our own opportunity. We're going to make our own market. And that was a tremendous weekend. We had hundreds of people come through here. Yeah, yeah. we're looking at maybe doing a, a spring fling. Yeah, I brought I brought my two daughters to come and walk through so they could see all the different organizations because, you know, having been a fundraiser, yeah. And having had a daughter involved at Easter Seals a little bit, I want them to grow up with the philanthropist mindset. So we went yeah. in and they bought, you know, we bought things from a couple of different booths. So they, you know, yeah. got the little cards. We asked what the organization was. And I learned about some organizations I didn't know even existed. So, yeah. And we were really pleased to do that. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was a good opportunity. Yeah. yeah, and we called it the abilities uh, market makers abilities maker market. I think mm -hmm. we'll do definitely do it next year and increase it because we've had lots of interest and maybe do something for the spring as well because where this is a fully barrier free accessible mm -hmm. center not only to the folks selling but certainly for customers that you can't always find that when you go out uh, with a person with a disability whether or not they can access uh, a Hoyer lift in a bathroom for for uh, example. Right. And there was lots of space. If you were in a wheelchair, mm. there was lots of space to get around and see all the booths and everything. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was no, a, it was a great, great weekend. weekend. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. So it is the Christmas season and we know that what 90%, 80% of donations, charitable donations happen in the last month of the year. So I would yeah. like to encourage people to consider a donation to Easter seals. Does that get me out of having to do the drop zone? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, close, but no. Um, but if you go on the Canada Helps org uh, website in Easter Seals, Nova Scotia, I believe is is associated with that. Um, or or you can go on our own website. We just launched a beautiful website two weeks ago. Uh, there's certainly a donate button there. Um, and we're always looking for volunteers uh, in our in our sledge or in our bacha. Um, so you know, or or come in and work in a, in our commercial kitchen and. And uh, with great community support during baking, uh, Christmas baking, uh, because we need lots of hands to have made 30,000 uh, uh, cookies in six weeks. But, um, you know, it's a great organization and the folks that work here, uh, um, they teach me something different every day. If I walk in and I'm not in the greatest of moods, all I got to do is walk into New Leaf and I'm greeted with smiles and laughter and fun. And, um, you know, I've learned every day working here, I've learned something from someone. And on that note, I don't, I, that's a great note to end on. So every day we can learn something from anybody that we meet. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining me today to talk about uh, the programs and the fundraising opportunities for Easter Seals. Hopefully this will uh, bring a little bit of new awareness to the programs and bring some new campers or new clients or new participants for the craft fair. Who knows where this could go? Or new customers to the new cafe next month. New customers. Yes, I will definitely be pumping that out on my social media when uh, when that is Great. open because the I've only had a chance to take advantage of the baked goods. The baked goods are very good. <laughs> Very good. So thank you for, for joining me today to, to talk about all of the programs. Um, for well, everybody thank you else, for having me. For everybody else who's listening, if you're interested, if you're a business and you're interested in being featured on the Hallow Lab, please do let me know. You can find me on all of the social media or you can send me an email at info at twerp.ca. It's T-W-I-R-P. And uh, this is my last broadcast for 2018. I'm going to take a couple of weeks off doing this to enjoy some time with those lovely children that I've mentioned. So I will be back the first Friday in January with another interview. So everybody, please do have a Merry Christmas, be charitable, and be kind to one another. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this week. You can catch the Hallablab live every Friday at 1.30 p.m. Atlantic, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on the Twerp Communications Facebook page or catch the replay on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You can go to twerp.ca for links to everything we mentioned in this episode. And while you're there, you'll probably want to grab one of the freebies available to help small businesses manage their own social media marketing. If you run a small business in the Halifax area and you'd like to be featured on Hallablab, we would love to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at twerp.ca. That's info at twirp.ca. Talk to you next week.